0: The Narrative. 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 The the Narrative. Changing the Narrative, an initiative powered by OVG. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Changing the Narrative podcast. Today, I am here with my amazing guest, Frederica Brooksworth, who is the Executive Director of SIAF. Frederica, hi, and thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Frederica, I would like for you to tell us more about yourself and what you do and what's the Yeah,
1: sure. So, um, thank you for having me here on the podcast. Excited to be with you, um, today. So I'm a British Ghanaian academic, researcher, author, editor, and strategist. So I would say that my mission is, I know I do a lot, but my mission really is (laughs) about creating impactful solutions which future proofs the global fashion industry and its people through education research and strategy so that's really my main focus so um stands for the Council for International African Fashion Education and it's a non-profit organization dedicated to advancing the development of fashion education and research in Africa and also the diaspora and again we also work hard to decolonize the curriculum within institutions in the global north, so like in Europe, North America, and so forth. So yeah, that's pretty much um, myself and then also what I do at SIA.
0: That's amazing. Um, I love how like the focus is on fashion education and research because I mean, we do have a ton of fashion schools um, on the continent. However, for some reason... Most people tend to go outside of the continent to seek um, education in fashion. What would you say is the reason why?
1: I think it's a number of different things. So I would mainly first maybe start with a lack of awareness. So okay. many people are unaware of the different types of fashion schools that are out there and the high standards as well. So. I mean, when you think about fashion schools in the West where most people like they want to go to Central St. Martin's or the London College of Fashion, or they want to go to Parsons or FIT, when you ask people, okay, well, why do you Mm -hmm. want to go there? Oh, because I'm aware of the alumni or I've been following them, if you see their marketing. So they are aware because they've been able to see things online or in publications, right? Now, when you think about schools in Africa, they don't necessarily have that visibility where people are fully aware of what it is that they offer as well. So I would say the lack of marketing and exposure is what I would say, um, prevents people from wanting to apply to actually study on the continent as well also trying to figure out things such as the opportunity so if they do go to school on the continent for a lot of people and these this is you know this isn't me just making the assumptions these are the conversations that I have with academics Mm -hmm. and also with students and also Mm -hmm. people who have actually studied abroad they always say well unfortunately, I won't be able to get the resources or the internship opportunities or the networks and so forth. So it's a number of things from the resources, the curriculum, the work experience opportunities, the um, academics um, teaching them. So it's a number of different things um, that really adds to people's decisions as to why they choose not to study on the continent. But I think we're starting to actually see a shift and a change where now we're starting to see more institutions really spending time and investing in their marketing, investing in their outreach, investing in things such as open days, investing in things such as resources, um, within, you know, their academics as well. So we're starting to see a lot more people realizing that, oh, actually I can go and study in West Africa or I can go and study in South Africa and so forth. And again, a platform like CAF has really also opened people's minds to, you know, figuring out okay, you know what, there actually is an opportunity for me to study here. And you know, we're working with these institutions to really improve their standards as well. I mean
0: yeah that's truly amazing because um I do know that on um the CF website which I think I really love is you you have done well to actually put together certain resources. For instance there's like an extensive list of um universities and institutions whereby people can actually apply to go um, to fashion school and to study fashion. Another thing I wanted to um, ask you is, I know CF, when people hear fashion, actually, people think that fashion is just fashion design. But then one thing that I think CF is doing that is really great is actually trying to Um, expose people to more fields in fashion. Can you please talk a little bit about that? Yeah,
1: I mean, again, like whenever people think fashion, they think, oh, like making clothes, and even when they think about making clothes, they think about just women's wear, right? People just think it's like just about making dresses and so forth. Yeah. And it's not, it's much more than that. I mean, my background isn't in fashion design. My background's in fashion marketing and entrepreneurship. So that's my background. I come from the business side of the fashion industry. And the truth is without having that business knowledge, it will be very difficult for you to actually navigate the space or for the industry to actually, for this to actually be an industry. There wouldn't be an industry without the business aspect of it. I mean, I was even just watching something right. just yesterday, and um, it was like a, it's like a series on Top Shop. So just talking about the story of Top Shop, and I think it's leading into the fall essentially. And, you know, why the business no longer exists. And it was talking about in the early nineties where, where we saw a lot of women's wear, um, fashion brands and just um, fashion companies in general, why they did very well is because they had business people behind it. So they didn't have founders that came from a fashion background. They were literally people like accountants, marketeers, Um, economists and so forth. So it's really important to understand that you need to be like very well versed when it comes to um, fashion knowledge and also encompass information that has to do with the business side of the fashion industry. So my thing is that I know a lot of people often say, okay, I've got the skills I can design, but I struggle to sell or I can design, but then I don't know how to put myself forward for a role, for instance, and how to navigate the space. So for me, when, you know, when I was um, starting CF through the research, I really made sure that we were not just focusing on just design, but it was really looking at closing the skills gap, right? And looking at different aspects. So um, things such as technology, Again, looking at the business aspect, I mean, we do things like language classes, which has actually been very, very amazing. And like we've just wrapped up the Italian language class yeah and like the feedback's been so good like yesterday I was reading a comment on LinkedIn someone tagged me in it and Mm -hmm. they were saying that not only have they learned the Italian language and like the basics but they've also learned about the history of Italian fashion and also the history of like Afro the Afro-Italian community as well so again it's yeah so you know through this people are being educated on different um areas. And we're realizing that there is enough out there when it comes to design. Of course, there is a lot more that can be done in design, such as things like quality control and maybe looking into digital design and so forth. But for us right now, what we do is that we're looking at all the other areas that have that essentially have been left out and are often left out as well.
0: That's amazing. That's really amazing. So what do you think The institutions and um, universities on the continent, how do you think they can contribute to actually um, letting students or like people who want to get into fashion, but not essentially fashion design, be aware of these other um, fields and opportunities in fashion?
1: I would say it's having a balanced curriculum, right? So it's really important to have a balanced curriculum. Um and to also be able to give students the opportunity for them to learn about the fashion industry in general, right? Um, And then also with that, it's also a case of resources because resources are very important. I mean, yes, when you go to school, I mean in a week you're probably at you know school for maybe let's say 10 hours a week, right? And, you know, there are so many hours in a week. So maybe let's say you're there 10 hours a week. Some people go to literally go to school for maybe even about just five hours a week. That's the truth. So outside of that, students need to be kept up to date and need to enhance their knowledge through resources. Right. So there needs to be, again, a balance. um, level of resources. So it's not just about fashion design and like making clothes, but also people should be learning about things such as merchandising, understanding things to do with pricing and so forth. Because if you're training people to be designers, they still need to know how to sell their products, right? They still need to know how to pitch. They still need to know merchandising. They still need to be able to understand things such as marketing as well. Because I always say that, you won't be doing everything in the business. However, it is important for you to have a basic understanding about the business. Yeah. So, yes, I
0: definitely think you are right. So let's talk about some of the initiatives that CF has, because I know like you guys are really doing some amazing things. I know you're also very keen on helping um, people on the continent to get some of these opportunities. And most importantly, with regards to the curriculum, I know you're very big on having African, say, writers and researchers and all of that. I know you recently have, um, I think, is it a partnership with Bloomsbury? Yeah. Yes, yes like can you speak more on that and how like people can get involved you
1: know yeah sure so where do I start now with our um initiative so maybe what I'll do is touch on Bloomsbury last actually so we um yes we do something called book conversations. so with book conversations the aim of that is to um essentially highlight not just books that are written about uh people from like people from an african background or written on the topic of African fashion, but it's really just actually bringing attention and awareness to just fashion literature and research that is out there for people to be able to use. So what we do is that we invite different authors to come and speak, to talk about the book, to talk about the writing process, the research process, how they also even got a book deal as well, because that's also one thing that a lot of people are interested in. How does someone get a book deal? So it's all of those different things. Um, We have sustainability seminars. So we have these weekly seminars where um, we have um, different speakers coming to speak on different topics in and around sustainability, which is also really quite exciting. We have our tech skills workshop. So we have different workshops on different topics. Um, Sometimes it's theory, sometimes it's practical. We cover everything from augmented reality to AI. Um, um, We've also done to since we launched last year we've had two intakes of a coding course as well with life Is tech um so people have learned how to code and develop websites as well which has actually been quite exciting um
0: yeah it's
1: it's honestly really fun trying to think i feel like there's so much oh we have our fellowship which is one of my favorite initiatives so um we have fellows from pretty much i would actually say like global global actually because we have like a fellow who's based in south america we have fellows based in asia um in europe and then also on the continent as well because you have people from african descent um in the diaspora and um yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. that's running for i think we're like halfway through now that's running for a year which is quite exciting and that's really so it's called the african young leaders african young fashion leaders fellowship so it's really focusing on how do we build leaders within the fashion industry and not just looking at it from a viewpoint of just design as well um gosh like i'm just trying to think like there's quite a lot again we have (laughs) you guys are busy and i love it we have a number of different (laughs) things but yeah so we recently um secured a partnership with bloomsbury um so specifically bloomsbury fashion business cases so that's a division under bloomsbury publishing where they have these fashion business cases which are developed um for um like institutions, students, and also professionals to use, um, to help either they can use it within their, um, classes. It could be used as an assignment, teaching material, you name it. You might have professionals using it as a part of work where maybe they're working on their team to do some problem solving or to think about, you know, how they kind of keep on top of their own strategy and so forth. So, um, You know, again, one thing that we've been speaking about a lot at CF and our mission is to decolonize the curriculum and also close the skills gap, but give people more opportunities in this space. So what we've done is that I've now come on board as the regional editor for Africa and um, we're encouraging um, Africans and diasporans to essentially write cases on different things in fashion that are related to brands, um, African brands and diaspora brands as well, which is amazing because then, These cases are now going to be used by educators, students and businesses Literally globally, which is amazing. Yeah, That's which really hasn't been amazing. done. So now you're going to have. I know exactly. you're going to have like students maybe in a classroom in Manchester and England learning about um a fashion brand in Ghana, for instance, that they may have had no clue about. So it's so exciting to really see that. Like we have, we've got cases going now. We've got quite a lot actually from um a community of Afro-Brazilians, which is super, super, super exciting because it really is because I'm also learning myself about, um, you know, the Afro-Brazilian fashion industry. So it's super exciting to kind of see everything come together. Um, so yeah, so that's like, uh, what we're doing now with Bloomsbury and we'll definitely be working on a lot more things in the future as well that's really amazing so how do people
0: get to contribute say if I wanted to be a part of this if I wanted to like put out a case like how or like put together like a case study let me say
1: yeah so it's literally just simply through reaching out so you can just um, send an email to contact at um CF, so c i a f e org um again you can yes dot, yeah contact us you can dm us on ig you can go onto our website um and then fill out a contacts form so any way you reach out to us def- someone will definitely be in touch with you because we are looking for more writers yeah that's amazing i know
0: you did touch a little bit about decolonizing the fashion curriculum but i would like us to talk a little bit more about that so I mean for people who don't necessarily
1: understand what that means so when you actually say decolonize in the fashion curriculum what exactly do you mean? yeah so essentially when it comes to decolonizing I think I might just probably break it down in more simpler terms because I know sometimes it can just sound so um yeah it sounds like a very heavy so essentially it's all about you know acknowledging and then challenging the ways that colonialism has had an impact on like knowledge and learning so again you know it's all about looking at okay so when we talk about decolonizing the curriculum from a cf perspective what we're looking at is saying well when you look at fashion education now it's very much it has a white face right you're learning about brands from paris Italy, London, New York, but you're already learning about yeah. brands in Africa. When we talk about the history of fashion, you will never hear anything about how the African fashion industry has had an impact on the history on the history of um, fashion. And there are so many things that you know have come from Africa which and it's not told in the curriculum and I think it's sometimes very misleading as well so it's so important that we actually have a fair balanced curriculum so that when we're talking about because we always say that fashion is a global industry but it can't be a global industry Mm. if we're not including all other areas of the fashion of like um Of the fashion industry, we shouldn't be segregating certain continents to, yeah, exactly. Because then again, we're not being fair to our students and we're not being, exactly, we're not being inclusive, (laughs) we're not being fair and providing them with um, the necessary knowledge that they need in order to thrive in this industry. And also, it poses a really serious threat, which indicates that Mm -hmm. if you are black or if you are African, then you are not knowledgeable enough to teach or work in the fashion industry because we don't see anything from like your background in our curriculum. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have it in your mind that should you really be writing books? because you know what can you teach us that's that's like what people think yeah kind of like what exactly do you have exactly that so it's so important that we decolonize the curriculum so that we can actually change people's mindsets so that's pretty much yeah like decolonizing Definitely. the curriculum
0: that's amazing like I think thank you so much for actually breaking it down like this because I feel it's you hear it a lot I think lately more now and I think the first time I also even heard it was from you, which I thought was, oh, this is actually really interesting and is actually really true. So. Thank I mean, you. That's really amazing. So how would you say, um, what role can you say? Um, I mean, the fashion ecosystem is pretty big. We have, um, the schools and then we do have the designers and then we have, um, let's say fashion week and all that like how do you okay so in this case i think we'll be more focused on the schools um so how do you think they can incorporate like what
1: can they really do to help decolonize the industry yeah so one thing i always say is that when we get our information when it like okay so let me even just ask you this question where do you learn okay. about the fashion industry? How do you keep informed about the fashion industry?
0: To be honest, through like exactly blogs and articles. Exactly my
1: phone. <laughs> and this is it. So it's the media. The media has such yeah. an important role to play in decolonizing the fashion industry. Because most people get their information from the media, from books, Which from really journal true. articles. So if the media are writing more about just the, if, if we're being very inclusive about the global fashion industry, then it's difficult for people to say, but I don't know that. No, it's like, you, you will know. Like right. an example this morning, I got breaking news that um, Ricardo Tisci he's leaving um, Burberry and Daniel Lee will be taking yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. We've all too. heard about it. So if we're able to publish, information such as this why can't we include the african fashion industry why should we wait to include things just like maybe when there's an exhibition or an event or when um yeah or like whenever there's event's taking place we should all like if there's a yeah. collaboration yeah. let's talk about it in general mm-hmm. as we do the like the i would say the um when we think about maybe the global north and think about um the industry there let's be inclusive because most Mm -hmm. people find their information from the fashion media. So I feel like, you know, writing about different, not just designers, but influential leaders in this space, having more writers who are, African or from an African descent, essentially, who are diverse, that can actually represent the voice of the global fashion industry. That's also very important because again, if you are not from a background where you don't have the knowledge um, of that industry, it's going to be very difficult for you to say, oh, actually, can I write about X, Y, Z? It's fundamentally, it's impossible for you to do so. So we also should be looking at hiring people in these spaces as well.
0: I mean, you're definitely right. I think you're really right because I feel like that's like the first point of contact for a lot of people like you did say. So moving on, I know earlier on in the year, in June, the VA museum, they, there was like an African fashion exhibition yeah. and I do know you were in attendance. Like, Can you please speak on that? Because I think it was a really beautiful way for people to learn more about the brands and African fashion history how was that experience yeah
1: no it was great because it was really nice to actually see African fashion be like actually have a space within a museum that is fundamentally like you know globally it's recognized right so seeing you know designers of people that I know personally um, as well, which was also very lovely to see and seeing everyone's hard work. Also seeing so many people from different backgrounds being able to actually come and see the work of people and seeing that because a lot of people often think like African fashion is all about print. But then being able to witness that, you know, there is contemporary stuff, there is streetwear, there are so many different things. There's jewellery, there's footwear, there are photographers and so many other different aspects of the fashion industry. I think it really opened people's minds up to actually understanding more about the fashion industry. So I think it was like a good opening and a good foundation for people to also understand the history because they did... um, go, um, you know, cover like pioneers in the industry. So like Confianza and so forth. So it was interesting to see the influences and how, you know, looking back at maybe 40 years ago and how designers have been influenced from then till now as well. That's
0: amazing.
1: Would you say that we,
0: we would also need more of these kind of exhibitions ourselves like at home, like as in on the
1: continent? Oh, 110%, because I think it's important to note that when you think about the, um, even just people on the continent, a lot of people still don't have any knowledge about this, right? So it's Mm -hmm. so important that people have an understanding and that we're also educating our people as well. Because again, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that I often say is, you know, we also have to decolonize our curriculum because one thing is that a lot of people also do say and admit is you find that, um, on the continent, there are still, some curriculums are still also very much Eurocentric as well. That's really true. Yeah.
0: I know this might probably seem like an upside down to like the interview. However, I wanted to know what made you want to start CF or what made you start CF actually?
1: Yeah. Um, where do I kind of begin? So I think that I've always <laughs> had an interest, like when I was at university, I had it really had a strong interest in, um, fashion education. And I remember right. at university, I went to the London college of fashion and I wanted to see if I could do a semester in another country because a lot of right. people used to do like a semester in a different, like and school in another country and so forth. Yeah. And I wanted to go to Ghana because for me it's home. Um I've been going I've been coming to Ghana since I was like what like 5 years old or something. So I was like oh well like my grandparents are there. I've got like all my cousins, like all my aunties and uncles, like my dad's siblings, my mom's siblings. So my cousins like I wouldn't even need my parents to come with me. I could go and then literally live with my grandparents or anyone. So it's like oh yeah it's home. Yeah. like like I would love to do it. And then I was like, why is there nothing here? I found one place Mm -hmm. and it was just design. And I was like, no, but this isn't feasible for me because I'm a marketing student. Like, why don't we have any, like, even if it was a merchandising course or a fashion business course, just in general, it didn't exist. And I was like, hmm. Let me look at other countries on the continent. And it was kind of the same thing where it was like just design, design. But then it was also very difficult to find information. So like websites wouldn't work. There were no emails. Emails would bounce or there were no emails whatsoever. Um, It was like literally Facebook pages. And I was like, there is no way that my institution will allow me to say, oh, I'm going to go and study this here and say oh yeah they have a facebook page that for them it's like no because again safety how do we know like who are you go- who is going to be you know taking care of you like yeah how do we you know you're safe like yeah how, how is how is this legit is exactly like how is this legit and i was like it's true it's you know very very difficult to say but um Yeah, so then over time, I mean, as I kept coming to Ghana and just speaking to a lot more people and connecting with people on the continent as well, I realized that there was a lot in terms of the African fashion industry. But again, when it came to just the um, when it came to like design and stuff, it was very much still, you know, just design. There was nothing to do with education, and I was like, "Mm, I feel like we need to do more. To be really honest with you, we need to do a lot more in this, um, space. And then I think just, you know, through being a lecturer and over time, I just kind of like felt led, I can't, I, you know, I was having more and more conversations with people about fashion education. And then when I was applying to do my doctorate, I realized that, you know what, I want to actually focus on looking at the African, um, fashion education system. So I sent in a proposal to look at, um, how we can innovate the African fashion education system. And that's what I'm working on now um, for my doctorate. So yeah, that and then it kind of just led me to launching CF. I think CF is really
0: doing an amazing job, first of all. Thank you. Exposing us to the different fields of fashion. Because I mean, I feel like people don't even consider something like fashion production, you know? Yeah. People don't even really pay attention or actually take Fashion writers and fashion bloggers, seriously, because I feel like fashion writers and bloggers can actually make or break a brand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so I think you're really going to be... And and your reports as well. Your reports are also pretty insightful.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, that's great. So what would
1: you say is next for CF? So... We are going to be moving into a space where we will be launching the CF Institute. So we will be providing training um, and professional skills development for people on the continent. So it's really kind of a bit of a shift from what is being done in the schools. But we're really looking at what is missing from the curriculum and continuing with things such as like language classes, leadership programs, um again looking at the aspect of like the history of African fashion um professional skills and so forth so yeah that's that's next for CF so watch this space we'll be continuing to do our research and really encouraging more people to be involved in um you know writing publishing and so forth so will this um space do you look to have it on
0: the continent?
1: so it will be online um okay. first because okay. one thing is that we want to be able to provide education without any borders because we know that traveling within Africa yeah like traveling within Africa is people think it's like oh yeah you just wake up and you're somewhere in an hour no like <laughs> like Africa is huge it's so huge I remember like when I traveled from Ghana to Rwanda yeah. it was almost five hours and I was like I could have done this like just not, I could basically go to the UK it, from Ghana. Yeah, because that's um, about like six UK hours. So it's five, like an, hours, hours. <laughs> an hour less. Yeah. Yeah like sometimes we even even in the summer period they even do it in five and a half hours Mm. so it's yeah it's interesting to see how I mean it's like it's quicker to get from London from Ghana to London than it is from Ghana to South Africa yeah just stuff like that just to give people context yeah so again traveling and also traveling in Africa is also very expensive for Mm -hmm. people as well so these are things that we just really want to bear in mind so yeah yeah I mean that's amazing that's amazing so usually on I
0: like to play a game of favorites or this or that so but then this is going to be the fashion edition Sure. okay so I'm just going to ask you like a few questions and then you just let me know what some of your favorites are or this or that so
1: what are your favorite fashion publications oh you know what? I just posted something just really? the other day but I would say like my go-tos are the business of fashion I like Vogue business Um, I do like fiber to fashion, Mm -hmm. um, industry, Africa. Oh gosh. (laughs) I'm just trying to think WWD. So yeah, these are like my, I've got like 12, I did like 12 um, of my top, my top, um, top publications, but yeah, those are the ones that I generally do enjoy because they cover everything from like the business aspect, um, the textiles, apparel and African fashion industry as well. Amazing. Um, so, would you choose a fashion,
0: um, let's say, like an online magazine over, like, a, a physical book, like a physical magazine? What would you,
1: what do you prefer? See, I do like physical stuff, but I would say now for convenience, I do like online magazines. But if we're talking about books, then I will choose a physical book any day. Okay,
0: okay, amazing. Okay, so we're gonna go more into, say, certain fashion um, pieces. So, are you more of like a uh, a statement earrings type of person, or like very simple studs type of person?
1: I love statement <laughs> earrings. Yeah, a statement earrings. me. So, would you pick dresses
0: over pants, like trousers? Oh, dresses any day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, block heels over pencil heels. Oh, see. Do you know what? Now
1: I'm in. I'm I'm in a block heel mood like these days I've been doing a lot of block kills okay okay
0: that's amazing um would you say you over accessorize or you keep it simple with your accessories
1: oh I'm very simple yeah I hardly even wear necklaces to be honest oh Actually, come to think of it, yeah, I've actually not
0: seen you. Seeing <laughs> me? Yeah, yeah, come I to wear think necklace. of it. Yeah. That's amazing. Frederica, thank you so much for joining um, the Change in the Narrative podcast. Thank you so much for your insightful views and also for what CF is doing. I think it's doing an amazing job with um, changing our perspective on what fashion education is. And all the best. With your future endeavors, and I cannot wait for the CF Institute to launch.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed this. It. So I'm looking forward to seeing more. So, well done to you on this as well. Thank you so much. All right, then. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much
0: for tuning in the Narrative Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe to the Change in the Narrative Podcast.